This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, I spent the night trying to figure out some manly things to do for feats since Coos is one up on me. He is. I thought about hog hunting at midnight. Mm, with a gun? I've heard that's a great rush. You know what I want to do? Bow and arrow or a gun? What are you using here? Mm. What, Probably a gun. What do they call it when you like fish for catfish with your hand? What do they call Noodling. Was it? Noodling. Noodling. Yes. Is that Let's what it's called? That. Yeah. You ever right. done that? Uh, I have not done that, but mm-hmm. would that be like physical feet? Would that be quite a feat? Have you seen some of the catfish they pull out, though? Like, I, I had some friends that are really into that back in Kentucky. Pretty um, intense. Oh, yeah. It's intense. It's more just kind of stupid. I mean, I don't know. It depends <laughs> what you're going for. Kind of stupid. They're not you know? biting you, though. Like, they can't. Like, they don't have teeth, you know? Like, it doesn't. Yeah. But you still like get dragged under. Like, if it's like a big one, you get dragged under and get stuck. Because um, essentially what you're doing is you're taking your finger between rocks and they think it's a worm or something, so they attach you know their mouth to it. I got you. Then you pull it. Ah, nah, I don't know. That's a, I wouldn't qualify. We, we have to push the mental and physical boundaries to the absolute maximum. I've heard right? like like hog hunting like in the dark is is quite a rush. Can they really attack you though? Oh yeah, I think so. They're Hogs nasty. Can mess you up. I think I've heard what they're nasty. They mess you up, I'm, dude. Look it up. They like because they got the tusks on the side. They'll mess you up. So they'll, they'll, they'll try to eat you and everything. I don't think they'll eat you, wow. but they can cut yeah. you up pretty well, you, good. You guys make it sound like these like the, the hogs from uh, Red Dragon. You ever see that movie? They might be, but no, yeah. I don't have yeah. not. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know if maybe that would be it. Uh, I, I'm not hiking. I don't think. I looked up the ten most impressive feats of human endurance. Mm. Seventy-three days living underwater. Not happening. What? what? 438 days living in space. I don't think well, I'm getting we're there. We're not astronauts. But hey, we, we do know Joshua Dobbs. And we have a launch Dobbs today. Just in. I just saw do a that. quick drive. They're launching up in a few hours. I was going to say, we have 90 minutes to yeah. catch, get on board. <laughs> did, did, you see the, the, did you see the new astronaut outfits, by the way? I didn't. I mean, okay. Well, then. Not good? No. No, and, and, and it's so cliche of me, right? Because we always talk about the NFL uniform releases. These astronaut, you know, releases. If you feel like the Atlanta Falcons were bad, check these astronaut uniforms out. It is hard to believe that we haven't sent people up in space in nine years. Is that the story? Is that true? Nine I, years? Must have lost count. My goodness. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it's been that long, but that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, and it could get scrapped, by the way. It's like 50-50. Uh, chance, I guess, uh, today, but, but that will happen around 4.30. Look out your window or look up in the sky around then. 264 hours with no sleep. I might be able to go for that. You die <laughs> with all the coffee that you drink? I might be able to do that. I like that. 86 hours running continuously. I have no chance. Nope. nope. Uh, 22 minutes underwater at, at one time with no air. Are those like those free divers? Minutes? Well, then we better start working on your breathing, Brent. You better start doing that Wim Hof breathing. I can't do that. Okay. I used to be able to do two laps of the pool. Yeah, yeah. But not 22 uh, minutes. Uh, didn't David Blaine do something like that where he like froze himself or something like that? Well, d- David didn't did a, he did a couple things. He froze himself. But he also did the underwater thing where yeah. he, he did the Wim Hof breathing for like three days straight. And then he held his breath underwater for like 10 minutes or something like that. Sheesh. Yeah. 48 hours in virtual reality. Would that really screw you up? Uh, 41 minutes without blinking, I feel like that would screw me up. Uh, on this list was 11 hours playing a Wimbledon match. Okay, well, we all can't sign up for that. Yep. I get it, John Isner. Uh, 76 hours in continuous flight. And this one, 15 days without food or water. Now, that's a diet. Is, is that possible? Somebody did it. Without I thought food water, or water was like four days. Yeah. 
somebody did it. What, what website are you on right now, by the way? I don't know. I just Googled it. <laughs> uh, I was trying to come up with uh, what I could do that would be uh, physically I impressive. Still think, I still think bull mentally. riding. I still think bull riding, Brent. What about zip lining in TIAA Bank? Like, no. Mm-mm. To the middle of the field? I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you zip line, I'm not going to be impressed. Just to let you know. You're not? No. Even after your zip lining it's escapades over the yeah, weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to show that video eventually. That I almost seems broke like my a leg. physical thing. Yeah, but um, I'd rather see you do some bull riding or like running with the bulls. Do that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to die. Well, then I guess you don't want glory. Yeah, but you had, you were, there was no fear oh, for your life excuse, this past weekend. Excuse me? No, Are there you was kidding not. Me? Bro, I couldn't breathe up in that mountain, man. There was not a fear for your life. And you by, would have been how about surprised. I, I didn't send you guys this. I wanted to send you this. I saw Maurice Jones Drew yeah. uh, uh, on Facebook. You thought, I want your numbers right now. Climbing 14,000 feet. What do you do? Look what Mojo did. 51,000 steps. Oh. 22.46 miles. 653 minutes. What's that? Like 10 hours? Yeah. In, in a day math, he did this? And 9,500 calories burned for the rolling ball of butcher knives. In, in one day. He says he did. He, so said, he said on Twitter yesterday, put, oh, I'm sorry, on Facebook, Deep Creek Hot Springs, the last dance, retired hiker, hashtag air hikies, <laughs> hashtag sore blisters, never again. It was fun while it lasted. There was, um, Deep Creek Hot Springs. There was a kid on social media that looked up how many steps he would have to walk to technically get to the top of like Mount Everest. And he just started walking the steps, and he like tried to die. I don't think he ever made it because he stopped after like four or five hours. That just seems that's like too much. Like I, I just, it, you know how much uh, training you have to do for that. That's kind of the even the marathon thing. Not like bad. some people can just roll off a, and do a marathon. Yeah, I I think you have to kind of train for that thing. I'm not interested in going out for a two hour run every day. <laughs> what coach did we have? I mean, on I've that? been walking two hours a day, and I'm not interested in running for yeah. two hours a what day. A, yeah. What coach did we have on that was talking about? They would have to walk uh, for punishment. You'd have to walk stairs with like a oh, forty five yeah. plate. Yeah, we did. That's right. I was like, when he said EWC. that, I was like, oh yeah. god. Yeah, yeah. I remember we have to do that. We have to go out and do a show there Oof. and do that, actually. Do you think you're in your stripes if you do that? Will that make you feel better? No. Eh, not really, because that would go down. It's like, I've done hard workouts before. Yeah. You know, we've all had work. Well, if you play team sports, you've done a workout where you're like, I don't think I can make this. Yeah. And you make it, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, I think we've done that kind of stuff. I, I just don't think that qualifies uh, for, like, you got to, this is a voluntary thing Yeah. Uh, that you were doing. And uh, top three, I got to get something in my life, though. Now I feel like there's an emptiness mm -hmm. about my life. Cool. Someone, I need something. Someone's saying that my lap looks really good on the stream right now. I don't know what that means, but is the oh, camera yeah. off? <laughs> Let me fix that. Oh, there you go. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep, giving the people what they that. want, huh? Someone, someone, <laughs> someone using our stuff again? Fantastic. Somebody jumped in here? Hope they wiped it down. Thanks for the shout out, Josh. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks heaven for the waiting notice. Yeah, heaven forbid, and, you know, <laughs> everyone stares at my crotch for the next three and a half hours yeah. or three hours. Uh, Want to <laughs> talk about not doing it. A, you know, to a physical and mental challenge. There you go. Not going uh, there. Uh, Kyle Mori MVP. Somebody else said it. Are they crazy again? <sighs> Way to get me going. What are the, what, what are the odds? And not the, I don't know what the, oh, 16 to 1 odds. Mm, yeah, they're okay. out of their mind. Yep. Fourth than 15 onside kick rule. You like it or not? Instead of the onside kick, go forward on fourth and 15. Uh, the owners will vote. There's been a couple of addendums to what they initially put out there. Uh, initial thoughts. We'll get into it a little yeah. bit more later, but what do you think? You like it? 
I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at. I think you have a better uh, chance to convert the fourth and fifteen than you do an onside kick. And if that's the case, it makes football more exciting. So I'm not opposed to that, Brent. You know, I'm kind of an old school guy too, but I like that rule. All right, uh, Major League Baseball players. Did you see the salary reduction that they they are being that's being proposed? You know, here's the deal, right? We know this. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I've said it since the start of it. MLB players are going to come off bad here if they don't play ball. Mm-hmm. That's the perception. Enough said. No, but everybody knows it. Uh, a lot of people think this will be 94 strike year kind of damage done to Major League Baseball. I think that's a little overblown. I really do. I think everybody's saying it, and I'm not sure it's to that degree. Uh, keep in mind, MLB season, even if they come back in July, could be lost by mid-August like that because of football season. So I'd say pump the brakes a little bit on on is it devastating like 94. I'm not ready to go there. Principally, I think the players actually have a great beef. Public perception-wise, they'll never win the beef. But I do think it's worth asking yourself, would you be willing to give up five-sixths of your salary, essentially, (laughs) whatever that percentage is? But that's what a guy like Mike Trout will have to do. He makes a ton of money. I get it. But he ain't going to give up that much money to play a season. I think there's a lot of different angles here from the player's point of view. I understand their beef. I really do. They're just never going to win over the fans because everybody thinks when you play professional sports, you make a lot of money. It's not necessarily the case for everybody. I mean, quantify a lot of money, but I'm talking like you're a millionaire. Well, that's not true. There are a lot of players that will make under a million dollars. It's still a good amount of money. Don't get me wrong, but they're even getting a you know, a, a cut off that as well. And you have to remember, not just anybody can go put an application into Major League Baseball and say, hey, I'd like to sign up to play for the Angels. <laughs> so then, but, Mike Trout has a certain skill set yeah. that, that he's getting rewarded for. Let me ask you this, though, then, because now it's getting released how much the owners are making. Why are fans siding with the owners then and not the players? Because fancy what the owners are making, and guess what? The owners don't do anything. The owners don't go out there and play. The owners don't go out there, you know, take those trips, sacrifice their bodies. The owners sit in a luxury box and check it out from afar. So why do you think fans are more for the owners than they are for the players? Well, I I think uh, I I don't have a great answer for you, but it's always been that way. When Mm. you're throwing salaries out there, like I won't play this game. I won't work for six million dollars. We never really say okay, uh, that guy's going to make $1.8 billion this year off baseball. Shame on him. I mean, look what the Oakland A's are doing. We should say it more. The Oakland A's, they're not even paying their minor leaguers. The guy's a billionaire. You know, it's bad business to them in their minds. The numbers don't add up. That's how they got to probably be a billionaire. And I would say much like the Trout example, there are only so many people that can own Major League Baseball clubs and NFL clubs. That's not a big group of people. Uh, there's probably more than we think, but still, how many are interested? How many want to do it? How many have the means to do it? Well, you're an exclusive club. There are a lot of people that can play baseball, you know, in that sense. They might not play it as well as a Mike Trout or somebody else, but a lot of people that actually can play baseball. Uh, so I think they're coming from a little bit of two different ends. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it, and one I think that a lot of people are not thinking about. If they play 82 games... What does this season mean to the rest of their career? What does it mean in the long run of their career? I say it simply like this. Say Mike Trout hits 20 home runs this year. Mm. How important is it to a player? And I don't know the full answer on this. When they look back on their career and they say they played 15 years and they averaged 33 home runs a season. 
How important is that to get into the Hall of Fame or, or where you rank in history, what your legacy is? Well, keep in mind, whatever numbers take place this year are going to devalue that annual number because the numbers are going to be extremely down, but they're still going to get a credit for the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I guess, no, I get what you're saying here. I guess my frustration lies more of what's occurring right now in professional sports, especially with Major League Baseball. Okay? Baseball as a sport in general, the past decade or so, it's kind of gone downhill. Okay? And I think you'd agree with me, Brent. Right? Like, there's there's not really that hype. There's not really that pop and circumstance that you're used to accustom to with baseball. Now, there's a diehard fans out there, but I'm talking from a casual fan perspective. Yeah, it is what it is. And right now, if you're baseball, you have a chance to make a big comeback. You have a chance, you know, in a world that needs entertainment, in a world that needs, you know, the, the, the television set at sports, baseball has a chance to do something special. And what are they doing? They're squabbling over millions and millions of dollars. You don't see the NHL right now putting out, well, player A makes so much, player B makes so much. No, it's behind the scenes. You don't see the NBA right now, the players squabbling, well, I want to get this much money. No, you get this much money. You don't see that. But Major League Baseball, for whatever reason, thinks, you know what, let's go ahead and air all our dirty laundry out there for the world to see, and it's going to come back and not bite us in the ass. Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure it's going to, and it's going to drive everybody insane because people don't care right now about how much athletes make, okay? They never really did in the beginning, but they definitely don't care right now. And for Major League Baseball to keep on putting the numbers out there, putting the numbers out there, it's not helping anything. So do this behind closed doors, keep your mouth shut on social media, and get it figured out. Simple as that, or else you're going to ruin the game even more, in my opinion. But listen, baseball's at a disadvantage here on a lot of levels. One, the NFL doesn't have to worry about this kind of nonsense right now. They just came to an agreement on their CBA. There's already a salary cap in place. It's a pretty much slotted deal, and they haven't missed the game yet, mm-hmm. right? So the NFL's got the best of all the worlds because they haven't missed the game, and it doesn't look like they will at this juncture. NHL and NBA, those guys already got paid three quarters of their salary this year. They haven't missed the, they didn't miss that much of a paycheck. They got a lot of money. Major League Baseball is at the biggest disadvantage because nobody got paid yet. They were in spring training. That was it. So they're actually at a in a tough spot because of it. And do they really have that much more to gain? I agree with you. USC, NASCAR, I think even NHL to a degree to get out there first. I think they do have a lot to gain. I think regardless of when baseball starts, how much will they actually gain from this? Because they are going to get hidden the last couple of months of their season in football season. Regardless, we're going to have plenty to watch by the time August and September roll around. It's not just going to be baseball. Now, if they had played baseball the last month and in June and July, your point, I think, would be dead on. They'll get a little bit of a jump and everybody will be open arms to see it July 4th and the month of July. But they're going to get swallowed up quickly by the by the massive events going on, including college football and the NFL, most likely. But they do have a lot to lose. Uh, no, no doubt about that. I just don't think you do yourself any kind of favors when you're airing out your dirty laundry for everybody to see. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I wonder how many – listen, I think Adam Silver does it great. I think the NBA is on the same page. I think uh, – but I think there's a lot less to negotiate and move around there, too. You're talking less amount of players. You're talking a season that was just about over in terms of the regular season. Uh, it's a little bit easier, the parts of that. And they're – this thing has changed so much that I think Major League Baseball's biggest fault was they put out an agreement in place at the end of March, like we'll prorate this stuff based on the amount of games before they knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're getting stuck because now they have to come back and say, we want more of your money. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have been okay if they just said, hey, 
we're going to have to do this if it looks like this down the road. Well, they didn't have that vision of it might look like this without fans down the road. I'm just saying that every professional sports league is dealing with something right now. But for whatever reason, baseball felt the need to throw every one of the issues out there. For instance, yeah, hockey's coming back. Fantastic. Do you know how many NHL players are from different kind of countries? Do you know how many NHL players are from Europe? Yeah, a ton of them. Yeah. How are you going to get them over here during a pandemic? Are we going to talk about that? I'm sure they'll figure it out, but guess what? We're not on Twitter right now saying, well, I can't believe they're going to be irresponsible and send all these guys from Europe back over here from Sweden and from Norway. No, you don't hear anything about that because it's behind closed doors. But for whatever reason, MLB thought it was a great idea to air all the dirty laundry out there. I just don't agree with it. Well, the union has always been a strong uh, place in Major League Baseball, and it, and the salaries are huge. I think we're seeing the tipping point of greed in sports. I, I really do. I think we're, we're living it right now. Where does it end up? I don't know. Maybe we end up right back there. But I think we're seeing it. I'll have more on that a little bit later on. Jalen Ramsey's deal. If it's not contentious, which he indicates it won't be, is that on Jalen or the Jags for what took place last year? Curious about that. And Jamal Adams, should the Jags make a play? Jamal Adams and the Jets are at odds, and it doesn't look like uh, this will be amicable. Uh, maybe they do get something done. Maybe he does play there this year. But long-term vision for the Jags, is that somebody that would excite you and you'd maybe trade some of that draft capital to get a Jamal Adams, a piece you can have for the next few years going forward in the Jaguars secondary? Talk a little bit about that here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Your conversation always welcome on the social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And you can call in to 904-362-9901, star, star, 690. Steamy out there on a Wednesday. Woohoo! we got some more rain in the forecast. And a launch. Nice uniforms or not from NASA. They're going to space. <laughs> we break them down now. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Look, I can relate. I mean, I was with them, and, and, and it's, look, it's, it's no fun when you're playing by yourself uh, and, uh, in those conditions and not hitting it well. And, and so I thought he handled it well and obviously kind of got back on track when he hit that awesome shot into the hole. So uh, I thought he was a trooper the whole time. And both both he and I were out of our comfort zone the entire time. I, I never felt comfortable really one time the entire, uh, entire day until it was probably over. But uh, I was certainly glad we did it. That's Peyton Manning on the Rich Eisen Show talking about the match over the weekend. Six million viewers for that. I think it was a big hit. I think we'll see more of it. Phil Mickelson said uh, today, I think it was, that uh, he'd like to do this on an annual basis with other players. Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, uh, crossover sports. I, I don't think there's much bad to it. Like I suggested yesterday, they could shorten it. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I wonder if it would be better in two hours, or like Kuz even said, maybe refresh it. But then you had to get other players involved, too, and now you're asking more. It's hard enough to get two guys. Forget about four. Trust me, as someone who's tried to do, like, celebrity Dream 18 events, it's hard. Uh, Now, they could probably do it. Um, Definitely easier than I could. But I I just wonder if you kind of muddy it up that way. I still think, like, two hours, or, or just show, like, a quick, from a TV perspective, for the viewer, just show it in, like, a two-and-a-half, three-hour window and give some really good highlights of the front nine. See? Uh, that way, you're not... But now, if we had done it that way, you would have missed the whole Brady and Chuck live exchange. So... I get, listen, I'm a golf guy. I, I'll watch it for four hours, and I didn't watch that entirely for four hours because I was playing a little bit, but... I would watch it. I'm a guy. I'm talking about the casual viewer. Like when everything does come back, if you want to mix this back into our sports entertainment in this time of year, especially when things slow down a bit, 
then I'm for it. I, I just I, think you might be better off doing it in like a two to three hour window than a four to five hour window. I like see. I think you go full on like backyard style pickup game where like you say you get nine people that are down or ten people that are down, and then you have the captains who could be like Tiger Woods and Mickelson, and then it's like you, they almost draft their team. That could be a whole part of it is how they pick their five people for each, and then you then it's their strategy of who plays what holes, and I, I really think you can make that it. That could be it long, up. though, man. Like even like the with four people, it seemed really long to me. And like so I ended up well, watching the first like go ahead goes. No, I was gonna say you don't all they don't all play every hole, so you pick like two people yeah, to play. Oh I got you. You know, like you pick someone to play a part five yeah. and then a part three. See the thing that kept me watching though was like the first probably five or six holes when we were watching um in Colorado was like we want to see Tom Brady fail. Yeah. And, 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 and we were enjoying ourselves. That, that's maybe right? what made we're it. Like, we're like, yeah, Tom Brady sucks. You know, like we got this going, Tom Brady sucks, and he's supposed to be Tom like Tom Brady's a worst performance on a Sunday ever. Yeah, exactly. And he's supposed to be like a, a plus eight or whatever like that. Was that what it was, Brent? Like a, a golfer? Or like a, I forgot what the handicap was. Eight handicap, though, I think. Correct? Uh, eight, he said he was an eight. Yeah. Okay. So, like, once again, don't know what that means to me. Sounds good, though. So I had I had a great time just making fun of Tom Brady because, oh, you're supposed to be a plus eight handicapper. Don't know what that means, but you suck at golf, Tom Brady. And then all of a sudden he sinks that shot. And it's like, wow. You know, I mean, it was like one side to the other where it's like we're making fun of Tom Brady for doing so bad and he's choking and he's supposed to be the goat. And then all of a sudden he sinks that, you know, the, that long ball and everything. And it was like, well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, to me, I like having just four people, and I like guys that I obviously recognize. I think if you saturate it too much with different players, you can't really get a rapport with them. So I like the setup right there, but it was kind of long and drawn out the end. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I thought it was a little long. Uh, well, yeah. again, now we're talking a different kind of – we can see ten parts of Michael Jordan, and we don't get tired of it mm-hmm. because it's the time frame we're living in right now. So you got to remember that. It's a little bit different. Uh, but I agree. I kind of agree with you. We'll see. Maybe they make some tweaks to it. I think they need to bring it back, though. I think Mickelson's great at it. Tiger's Tiger. It doesn't matter if he talks or not. He's Tiger. Mm-hmm. And so if you have him involved, I think a guy like Rory would probably be pretty fun, you know, and, and Mickelson and Rory or something like that, because Rory, I think, has some charisma to him. And people don't really know it, but they have some. he has some charisma to him. So uh, I, I think uh, it can work. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it. I do agree with it. People like watching the U.S. Open because they like watching golfers struggle because they know golf is a struggle if they've ever played it. Mm-hmm. I think people enjoyed watching Brady because it was a struggle for him and we could finally relate to Tom Brady. Yep. And and it, they did look a little uncomfortable, Manning and, and Brady, at times. Yeah. And, and I think we all would have been uncomfortable. Be. So we, it was the most relatable moment maybe ever mm-hmm. for fans to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Yeah. Now, do I think that whole thing was rigged when Tom Brady sunk that long ball? Possibly. Like, dude, no, I'm, ah, I'm just saying you can do a lot of. I mean, if you should watch the last season of Game of Thrones. You can do a lot of things with cameras, Brent. <laughs> all right, a lot of things with special effects. I'm just saying, like, how perfect was it though? The fact that Tom Brady, Charles Barkley going back and forth, jaw jacking back and forth, and all of a sudden, from what, a hundred something yards out, sinks it. I mean, I mean, come on! You really conspiracy theorist? Uh, inflating football? Listen, I'm not. I'm not buying uh, into flat earth. Practices. I'm not buying into flat earth. I'm not buying. Did we go to the moon or not? Listen, I'm, I'm on board for all those because science can explain those. To me, science can't explain how Tom Brady was crappy all day and then just pulled one shot yeah. out of nowhere from 100-something yards they out. They went full on uh, Space Jam and had a magnet in the ball. <laughs> I'm because, just saying, bro. Because that's Look golf. Into it. I'm just saying. Look into it, man. That's golf. Oh, Brent. I made seven double bogeys in a row the other they, day and they made got birdie. Him. They got him, Brent. You know, like, I'm, listen, and maybe maybe I'll get silenced one day. Maybe I'll get hushed from the show for bringing this up. But 
Look into it. Just it's, look into the Tom Brady, you know, 100 yards out. Chip. Listen, I'm conspiracy. a big conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Not on this one. That's no way to live, Brett. Come on. Don't be a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. The conspiracy you, you, you get into them? Oh, okay. I love it. Okay. Uh, but I, I just don't think that was it. I yeah. think you're stretching it I a am. little bit. All right. Speaking of uh, numbers, uh, onside kick. It's it's they've changed it because they don't want it to be as dangerous. It's the most dangerous play. It's also maybe the most exciting play in football it used to be. Now they've extended the yardage in between. It becomes more difficult to ever do it, uh, I think, than it has been done in the past. Eight of 63 attempts last year. I mean, heck, teams aren't even really trying them. 63 attempts out of all those football games. And... Now they want to go to fourth and 15 from your own 25 and untimed down. It started off as a timed down, but now it'll be an untimed down is the proposal. Do you like it? I like it, but thoughts and prayers for all those defensive linemen out there that were on the hands team like myself. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding as a professional athlete in the NFL when the coach goes, hey, you know what? You're a pretty good athlete. Let's go on hands team. I mean, the brand, it's a feeling that I can't put into words to you, but believe me when I say um, it shut a, uh, I shut a tear a little bit. When I Jack bet. Del Rio asked me to go on hands team for the very first time. You man. like nervous? No, man, because I was an athlete, Brent. I was I was excited. I was confident. I was no, I was seriously nervous. Yeah, because <laughs> dude, like, like you said, it's like the most dangerous play in the NFL. You got linebackers coming full speed at you, and you can't like go back at them. All you gotta do is try to watch the football. You can't even see them coming. Yeah, it's a very nerve wracking play. But once again, I was considered an athlete, so I like that part of it. But how do I feel about it? I think that overall, you know, we live in this high scoring league. We live in this high drama league. That fourth and fifteen that adds more drama. Okay, that fourth and fifteen, that's going to get on Sports Center when a team converts that. Okay, and like you said, I think only eight onside kicks last year were converted. I don't like those percentages. Okay, so I think with you know those nail biting games and everything like that, you know the, the Vegas, all the betting, I think that's the way to go with the fourth and fifteen. Josh, by the way, says onside kick change as long as the conversion rate doesn't excessively exceed the onside kick success rate prior to the kicking rules changes around 20%, then I'm mm. on board. It's safer with potentially the same result, but we won't know until we see it in games that count. And, and I, get, I think that's a good point. You don't want it to become almost working all the time. It's still going to be a one-in-five type play, a one-in-four at most type play. You don't want it regularly happening. Although the risk and reward is pretty cool because if you want to try it, you know, sometimes you're forced to try it, but you're at your own 25-yard line, which these days you're giving up three points, that means. yeah, You know, well, because if you don't get it, they get that ball there. I mean, even if they don't run a play, you yeah. can kick a field goal. And you know what? And as crazy as this sounds, I think it's actually more fair. Because think about it like this. If a team gives up an onside kick, the opponent recovers and they score a touchdown. Verse 2, if a team gives up a 4th and 15 and the team scores a touchdown off that, who deserves to lose more? In my opinion, it's going to be the team that gives up the 4th and 15. Because onside kicks, crazy things can happen, man. The ball can spin a certain way. Just It's football. Sometimes crazy things happen. But if you're on defense... And to win the game, you give up a fourth and 15, then you deserve to lose. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, well, you think about it. The Jags from third and 18 to last year in the Super Bowl, I think it was third and 19 or 17, mm-hmm. one of the two, uh, that, that cost San Francisco uh, dearly and kind of changed the momentum of that game in the fourth. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, and I think I like what you said. It's a, it's a total luck play with the bounce. Like, the kickers have become very good, sure. but it's still luck. It's like, how does the ball land, and does it ricochet off somebody? Does it get 10 yards? It's a, it's, there's a lot of luck involved in the onside kick. This puts skill back in the game mm-hmm. at the end of the game. What I would be a little cautious of is 
like the pass interference stuff and penalties. Because then you're putting it in the referee's hands. You know, anything you can do to take it out of the referee's hands late in the game. Here's what else I do like about it. And, and Well, let me go first with what I don't. My first reaction to all these things are no. No. It's gimmicky. Mm. I Get it away. It's gimmicky. Mm. I don't like it. I don't like gimmick stuff in the NFL. If you have to do gimmick stuff in the Arena League, I get it. If you have to do at the lower, like the spring leagues, if you have XFL to do that, I understand. I, mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, now, I'm not a huge fan of it, but when you have your bread and butter league, you have like the premier league in, in your sport, and you have to throw in some gimmicky things, I think that's dangerous. Like That's what got everybody ticked off about the catch. What's a catch? What's not a catch? It felt gimmicky. It's like, what is this? My eyes told me it was a catch. Just call it a damn catch, mm-hmm. right? Or it wasn't. Say incomplete. Mm-hmm. And we started to do all this scientific research. I don't think they put this much thought into <laughs> launching a space shuttle here today than they did about a catch a couple years ago in the NFL. <laughs> so I, I think if you can avoid those kind of things. So my first reaction is uh, this sounds kind of goofy, right? You're manufacturing something. But if I'm being completely honest, you do take away luck. You put more skill on the on the field. Still very high-risk-reward kind of play, and sometimes it's your only play because of the situation in the game. I understand. And I, I guess I would add to it that it's like the gimmicky nature of it. It's an actual football play. You know what I mean? So is it that far out of the norm of what you're normally doing? Like Mm -hmm. you can have a fourth and 15, whether it's at midfield, whether it's at the 35-yard line, whether it's at your own 25-yard line. We could see that play. And lastly, I think if I'm totally honest with myself, the one thing I really like about college football, really like, is that I feel like I'm never out of it if I'm down by a touchdown with 40 seconds to play or even two scores with like two minutes to play. And why is that? Well, that's because the clock stops. And so you elongate that two minutes like it's never going to end. Mm. And sometimes it takes way too long. Like the NBA has become like that. Like the final 30 seconds of an NBA game <laughs> takes like 17 minutes. Yeah. Right. I and mean, that, I remember that's why you don't want to bet in the NBA games, no. man. Because like if you're betting on something, I mean, those last two minutes are just oh, insane. Yeah. And, and my mom used to say it all the time. She's like, well, was, uh, I was like, mom, there's only two minutes left in the game. She's like, two minutes left or is there later. 20 minutes left? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. She caught on pretty quick. Sure. But uh, I, I, I don't think the NFL, though, has enough of it. Where the NBA in the finale uh, uh, has kind of maybe a little too much stoppage of play, college football might take a little bit long, but it keeps everybody involved a little longer, so creates some drama and gives me a chance, a fighting chance. The NFL, if you have one timeout and there's two and a half minutes left in the game, it's over. Hmm. It's over. It's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's first down. You know, I mean, maybe that's a little. Maybe say no timeouts in two and a half minutes, <laughs> but. Like you just kneel on the clock and it goes, or or even in a with a minute to go with no timeouts in the NFL, really hard to get down the field, really hard. I mean, it's happened, mm-hmm. but it's a tough thing to do. That clock just keeps going and going and going. I I, I need a little bit more of the stoppage 
in the final minute or two minutes. Like, I would advocate for that in the NFL. Like, with one minute to go, stops on a first down. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't mind that because from a viewing standpoint, I think it creates more drama. I feel like there are so many times. Now, listen, the NFL comes down the final play quite a bit, the final couple of minutes. There's a lot of drama involved in the NFL. It's the way it's built. But I do feel like I'm watching a lot of games. And I'm like, man, that was kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I thought we were going to get a little more drama there. Yeah. And you don't because the clock just kind of rifles off in the in the last couple of minutes. So this, to me, helps that a little bit. It's yeah. just untimed down. You got another chance. It's like this last saving grace. It's like that phone a friend and who wants to be a millionaire, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and it creates some drama potentially. So I'm kind of... If I'm being completely honest with myself, as a viewer of that, as a fan of that, I kind of want to see that. I just think that if you're a fan of the game of football, and this is no disrespect to kickers out there, shout out to Josh Scobie who apologized to me over the whole incident in the cold tub. Um, me and Josh Scobie are once again cool, uh, so it's, it's good. It's good report there. But no offense to kickers out there, but let's be honest, the onside kick is a very obscure play. Okay, if you drive a, a, across a Pop Warner field, you watch these kids practice. What do you see in practice? You see in practice, you know, second and ten, third and ten, fourth and ten, whatever. You don't see kids practicing onside kicks usually because it's such just it's a play where you don't know you need it until you really need it. Okay, and in the NFL, there's probably maybe I would say five or six like onside kick specialists who do something different than the other guys yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? They've been, they've gotten more creative. They, they get but. more creative with it. But there's like just a few guys out there that are like really good, like, you know, like yeah. um Justin Tucker yeah. from the Baltimore Ravens. Like, is he gonna bounce it off his his ankle first and then go <laughs> off his heel and then yeah. like the guy can do some crazy stuff. But I just think overall as as a football play People would much rather see the fourth and fifteen than the onside kick. I think it, it's from a more emotional standpoint, from a more like at the edge of your seat standpoint. I think people would enjoy more the fourth, the fourth and fifteen than I, the onside. I think you're right. You yeah. know, I do. I, I almost my initial reaction again is like, okay, it sounds kind of gimmick. I don't think this is going to pass. I actually think this might pass. I think they yeah. might try it. This is way better than the pass interference thing they put, tried to put in place last year, mm-hmm. and they never called it. Again, if you're going to put in a play, enforce it. They didn't do that in the NFL last year. And so that became a stupid thing, uh, which no longer will be, it looks like. So uh, I, I kind of like the 4th and, and 15. I really do, and I'm surprised I like it. And you got to remember, too, like, what are the players going to say? Like, I don't really see the, the players objecting to this. Like, maybe kickers will be a little upset, but besides that, I mean, I think every every team should embrace this. It's such an analytical league. I don't know. I'd have to ask, like, Tony Khan or somebody within the Jags, say, give me the percentages of 4th and 15 plus. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they are, but I bet they're pretty similar, if not even less, mm-hmm. than an onside kick. I mean, in the NFL, fourth and fifteen, or even third and fifteen, because you have more of a sample of it. Correct. Get, tell me the 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 uh, rate of success on that play, and I I don't think it would be very much. Um, so I think uh, this is good. I it, here's the deal: if you have a fourth and fifteen, you're the offensive coordinator. Is there a favorite play in your bag that you're calling? Like, what's the we got to try this. There's not many fourth and 15 plays. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, so what do you call it? Is it just go routes? Is it this post over the middle and, and try to hit a soft spot in the middle? I mean, what's your highest percentage fourth and 15 play as an OC? I mean, yeah, to me, it's got to be the go route. Um some kind of clear route and maybe pray to throw it underneath and get a, like a running back on one on one coverage. Do that. I hate that. Okay, well I'm just saying. If I need saying, 15 man, yards, do not throw it 10 I'm yards. Did you just saying, advocate man. throwing it 10 or, yards on a 15 or, yard play or a, a, like a like a hook and ladder? 
Okay, now okay. we get a little creativity. You like that? I like, like that better. Ladder? Now that, right. if you're going to hook and ladder, you and you're going to throw it 10 or 12 yards, want, then that's fine. That? But okay. if you're going to tell me that it, I'm throwing it 10 yards, and you go get the other five, I'm going to throw some, my remote Brent, at the if TV. if you go to Tyree Kill in the slot and get a linebacker, I'm, I don't care. Got, oh, wow, Brent. Oh, wow. I don't care. You know what? There's a reason why you're sitting here with me right now and not coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, That's anybody. all I'm going to say. I was going to say, That's all I'm gonna say, fourth and 15 for the Chiefs is like third and one <laughs> for everybody else. That's just another man. That's, that's, that's just a Wednesday. And he means like, oh, what, fourth and 15? Yeah, okay, uh, let's do this one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll see what happens. They vote on it tomorrow, fourth and 15. Could make it a lot more exciting uh, in the NFL toward the end of games. And, uh, heck, I think everybody would sign up for that. A thought or two on Jalen Ramsey coming up and Jamal Adams as well. Couple of star names in the secondary. Jags let one go. You Should they go get, get another? On Twitter again? <laughs> you like, okay? I can talk about Jalen Ramsey in a fine way. Everybody else now gets a little uh, bent yesterday. Did you see that? Did you see like the Rappaport? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, report. Yeah. Rappaport report. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was all over Jalen. Really? They are. So- we are bitter in Jacksonville. Oh, let's gotta let it go, about man. Jalen Ramsey, let it go. Man. Bitter. You guys have Gardner Minshew now. You're out of the next girlfriend. It's okay. Stop stalking. Let it go. It's okay. Stay off Facebook and Twitter. And stay on ESPN 690. On Facebook and Twitter. And YouTube, too. They announced that they're going to have their student-athletes back on campus or allow them to come back for the voluntary workouts and for everything that they have in place July 1st. And, you know, there was a quote in there from Lincoln Riley talking about how important it is to be cautious through all this. He's maintained that as well. But one of the things that really stuck out to me is we've tried to find answers of what exactly happens when a player or a staff member or somebody tests positive for COVID-19. And and what Oklahoma said in their statement is that they will have a designated area, a dorm basically on campus where these student athletes that would maybe test positive would go and then they would be treated there with full access to anything that they would need from OU's medical staff. That's Laura Rutledge talking about Oklahoma University trying to get kids back on campus. The football players July 1st that will open up on campus for voluntary workouts. Uh, I love the air quote, voluntary, uh, all the time when it comes to uh, any sport, really, these days. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos. Yeah, sounds interesting, right? A little mash unit, if you will, for in your own dorm, in in one of the dorms. Yeah. They have the room. Yeah, they do have the room. I don't know. I mean, just like a quarantine dorm. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I'm just... How all right, listen, you gotta really fast forward. This is tough for you because uh Ronan's what five. five. So my kids are a little closer to this. Yeah. You know, and, and in general this whole pandemic could really I don't think it will impact softball down the road for Kaylee because of Title Nine. Really could impact baseball. I was talking about it today with someone in you know, I don't have no idea how many programs there are across the country in college. Mm-hmm. So, but there's like three hundred division one three hundred and fifty division one basketball schools. So add division two, II, three, NAIA, all the rest. I mean, I gotta believe there's seven hundred and fifty baseball programs mm-hmm. maybe in the country, right? That you could go play college baseball at. So take my kid, for example, who's gonna be a freshman in high school, you go four years down the road, we're seeing baseball programs drop like flies, soccer programs drop in, in college. Yeah. Now you go from seven hundred and fifty programs and a chance to go get your education and play ball and continue to play ball and, and kind of what you're working hard to do. And I don't say scholarship, by the way, because scholarship's totally different. There are not a lot of baseball scholarships and if you think scholarship you're probably misleading yourself anyway. Um but a chance to go play at the collegiate level. Yeah. Uh, whether it's walking on or you or you do get a scholarship. And 
Well, now that's that 750 number is going to dwindle down to who knows? Maybe we look up and it's 500. Mm-hmm. Well, now you just lost the chance to play college baseball. Maybe for some, you know, maybe it's Ty's category. Maybe he would have fit in those other 250 somewhere. So. It could really have an impact uh, on our kids, uh, again, if you don't play football or basketball. And I would say even if you're not a female, we have seen some female sports go, but I think Title IX will protect that mm-hmm. uh, to, to a degree. But we have seen men's soccer. We've seen men's wrestling. We have seen track and field and tennis. Uh, just happened at Appalachian State. Furman baseball, Furman lacrosse. And lacrosse is a fast-growing sport and one that people were adding. And we're just seeing, I think, the, the start of it. UConn, we talked a little bit about yesterday. Yeah. They could lose eight sports uh, out of their 24. So you think about it. And, again, I'm talking baseball because that kind of fits here at home for me. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I would say right now in the immediate, if you had a kid – yeah. that's going to play football at Oklahoma, how comfortable are you that you're going to send that kid off to the university to on campus and these protocols in place are satisfying enough? Man, yeah, probably as comfortable as my mom was when she knew I'd probably be partying during the offseason of, of, of my college career. Um, no, to tell you the truth, like how would, I, how would I feel about it? You know, it's tricky, right, Brent, because – Assuming that my son does play football, um, let's say he goes to Oklahoma, I mean, you know, that's that's a great honor, and 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 I want to see that through. But at the same time, I have to ask myself as a parent, not of a parent of a of a student athlete, just a parent in general, where my job as a parent is to look out for the best interests of my son or my child. I have to ask myself, is you know, is this the healthiest thing? Is this the most productive thing? Um, for my son to be a part of, you know, and I guess I'd have to have a long conversation with the head coach of that team. I'd have to have a long conversation possibly, uh, you know, with, with the president of the, maybe of the university and trying to get their thoughts about it because and I know what you're saying. Well, that's, that's, that's a lot to handle also. Well, fine. That's my son. So I'm going to do uh, all my due diligence to make sure that I hear the answers that I want to hear. So, I would probably let him go, and if he did get sick and gets you know caught in the quarantine dorm, would I be upset? Probably a little bit, but I understand that, and um, it's part of it is what it is, I guess you would say. So overall, um, you know, I'm kind of sidetracking here. I think that I would be okay with it if he did go to Oklahoma. But to keep in mind, he's playing French horn. He's not going to play football. He's playing, <laughs> he's playing French horn. Because go, well. go, go ahead and name me the, the biggest French horn player of all time. You can't do it because no one's ever played the French horn like he's going to play the French horn. And then on the side of it, he's going to have private lessons and make Boku bucks the whole time. So we're all good, man. Scholarship French horn. Here we go. Well, keep in mind uh – they are not opening campus on July 1st to voluntary French horn workouts. Hey, it's all good, man. So Pri- you should be good. Pri- private Barry lessons on Tuckwell. Zoom, too. <laughs> Who is it? Barry Tuckwell. When you Never, Google hey. best French horn player, he comes French on. what? French horn You said what? Yeah, he said that we hit the dump button a little bit. Hey, Coos, I never heard of him. Ronan Lane. Remember that name, baby. French horn all day. a good French horn name. Ronan Lane? Not bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> or French boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either, either one. Well, he, he doesn't really speak French, so I think we're gonna be okay from that standpoint. Uh, yeah. Man, um, <laughs> I think it's a fair question. Here's the deal, though. Let's be I honest. Hear, I want to hear your answer. Let's be honest. First of all, I just played. Uh, I sent Kaylee to a tournament yeah. in this weekend. I mean, we were there too, and I would say I did it with very. If I'm being completely honest, I understand there's some. You know, you like to be cautious about it, and I think. Overall, I don't think we're like huge rule breakers or whatever. Like, I, I think I had admitted I saw some high fives, and I think you're trying to avoid that right now. Yeah. But 
I didn't have a lot of hesitation doing it. Now, we were there. That's a little different. College campuses, by the way, you do have to worry about things. I mean, from, you know, there are, I mean, it's a real thing like meningitis and other things like that. I mean, so you're already, your kids are a little bit at risk when you send them to a college campus anyway. Mm -hmm. I would say I'd probably do it with little hesitation. I I probably would, uh, if I'm being completely honest. But I I also think it's, it's important to bring up the kids that are going to Oklahoma are also kids that think they might have a chance at the NFL someday. And if you've met Division One players that are going to Florida, Florida State, Georgia, mom and dad aren't saying too much about what they're doing. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like their skill set, they earned the scholarship, and they're kind of in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, well, I'm the parent. Yeah, but you're really not. Your kid, your kid just <laughs> saved you a bunch of money, and they're going to probably do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And I don't think it's, hey, mom, is it okay if I go to uh, voluntary workouts at Oklahoma? Yeah. It's more, mom, I'm going to voluntary workouts at Oklahoma. We'll see you later. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, listen, if we're being honest, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but no. I would say eight or nine out of ten yeah, kids yeah, are like yeah. that. If you're going to play football at Oklahoma, now, if you're going to play football at Ashland, it's like, mom, is it okay <laughs> Yeah. if I go? But... Not at Oklahoma. No, I hear you, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. All of a sudden, that couch that you had set aside for your child doesn't really need it. And maybe all of a sudden, you get a Corvette in the driveway now because <laughs> you had a little yeah. extra scratch hanging out. You know? Yeah, I well, get what you're I, saying. I do say this, and I know this because I've got 15-year-olds now, and there's a mature – like, mine aren't this way. Like, I, I admit it. Not yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a maturity about, like, 17- or 18-year-old football players going to play at Oklahoma and Florida. Yeah. It's like, wow, my kid's going to be like that like in a couple years. Yeah. yeah, and some of us aren't. You know, I, I wasn't that way at 17 or 18. Yeah. Like already the stuff they've dealt with, handled, been on trips to, seven on sevens, recruiting, the scouting, you know, the phone calls, the this, the that. They grow up quick. Mm-hmm. And so my point to that is mom and dad, I don't think get a lot of say Yeah. Uh, in, in that regard. Again, not across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, they're adult, right? So it's their decision. Well, they, some of them are. Some yeah. of them are 17, man. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But most of them are adults. But they and feel like they're 22 is my point. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, to, to make that much, I mean, let's be honest. A scholarship is a lot of money, right? And to make that much money for playing a sport, that's that's something right there. Yeah. So I told you we were watching QB1. If you look at Fromm and those guys mm-hmm. that we were watching, the Tate Martells, you tell me that mom and dad are making the decisions or not. <laughs> all right? I don't think so. When we come back, Jalen Ramsey, the Rams have some decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Jamal Adams, would the Jags be interested? we talk a little football next on ESPN 690. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.